Amen. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. We know it's the Lord who gathers us together by his Holy Spirit into this place. It's a place where we come to hear from God, knowing that he loves us and he speaks to us. He speaks to us according to the truth of his word. He meets us at the place we're at to give us what we need. Not necessarily what we want, but what we need. And what we need is his word. What we need is Christ. Uh, with his promise of grace and forgiveness as a gift of his righteousness given to us as a free gift. Today we're going to be looking at uh, the lesson from Romans chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. It says, uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to set, test, and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here is the reading of God's word. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that we have been given this mercy through the cross. I pray that we would view our lives, that we would view each other, that we would view the world through the cross. That the cross of Jesus Christ would be the lens through which we view even ourselves. That we would see ourselves as those who are clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus. That we have received a mercy that we don't deserve, a grace that we don't deserve. And Lord, that our lives would be lived out in worship to you. Not just here, which is so important that we gather here to worship, but that our lives would be lived in worship to you every day, wherever we're at, that we would bring glory and honor to you. So Lord, I pray that you would help me with this message today to speak it clearly and help all of us to have ears and hearts that are open to receive what you have for us today. To your glory and to your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, worship, worship is more than a service on Sunday morning. Worship is a lifestyle. Our, our Sunday services, they certainly are an act of worship to God. Our worship services are designed to bring glory and honor and praise to God that our eyes would be fixed upon him who sent his one and only son Jesus for our salvation and that in response to all that God has done for us through the truth of his word that we would be a people who respond with songs of praise and worship 
But, but worship is so much more than a scheduled service in a church sanctuary. You see, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle that every believer is to live out. Our, our lives live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Ought to bring glory and honor and praise to God. So think over the, the past few days. Reflect upon your life today. Have you lived your life in thought, in word, and in deed? Your thinking, your speaking, your actions, have they brought glory and honor to God? I know if we're honest with ourselves, we'd all say, no, it's, <laughs> that's not me. Everything we do ought to be done for the glory and praise of God. Let's look at Romans 12, 1 through 2 again. In the New Living Translation, and I think they captured the interpretation, of, a good interpretation of this passage in this paraphrase. Says uh, the, uh, there, the, the translator writes, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So life, uh, worship is a lifestyle. So today we're going to be looking at what lifestyle worship is. So lifestyle worship, five points for today. Lifestyle worship is, first of all, living in view of God's mercy. It's sacrificing myself for God and for others. Lifestyle worship is not living like everybody else in this world, but rather it's aligning my thinking with God's will and serving according to God, to our God-given gifts. So we're going to look at each of these points. Number one, living in view of God's mercy. Where was God's mercy poured out? It was poured out upon the cross. And I would like to say this about living in view of God's mercy. When you see your life, when you view your life through the cross of Jesus Christ, it, it changes everything. If your lens for living is the cross of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. So we are to live in view of God's mercy. Paul says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. So when you view life through the cross of Jesus Christ, it's really easy to give your life in service and worship and devotion to him. So church, look at what God has done for you by his sacrificial death upon the cross. When you view life through the cross, it's a joy. It's not a burden to live your life to his glory and honor. 
Let me say something else. When you view life through the cross, it'll change the way you see other people. When you view life through the cross and when you view others through the cross, you're not going to look at other people the way the world looks at other people. People can irritate us. People can cause pain. Some people are just difficult to deal with on a daily basis. So I encourage you to view that person through the cross. To view that coworker, that schoolmate, that neighbor, that family member, yes, even your spouse through the cross. So, to do this, we need to be honest and say, Lord, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time with my neighbor. You know, my neighbor, he plays the music way too late, way too loud, way too late into the night. He's rude. But Lord, I want to start viewing my neighbor through the cross. To see my neighbor the way that you see my neighbor. Jesus, you forgave those who caused your suffering. You forgave those who nailed you to the cross. So Jesus, give me strength to view my neighbor through the cross. The same way you view my neighbor. Maybe a good place to start this exercise is while you're driving in traffic person cuts you off what do you want to do you want to say something bad to that person who cut you off but when you're in traffic next time you're in traffic you're irritated by all the people around you start to view them through the cross of Jesus Christ say Lord you love these people you died for these people and rather than cursing those people say Lord may your peace and your blessings be upon them May they know Jesus as your Savior. And guess what? I've done this before. It changes your attitude when you're in traffic. All of a sudden, being in traffic is an act of worship and love and devotion to God. In every way of life, if we view life, if we view others through the cross, it, it changes us. And it changes the environment and it changes the world. And when you start viewing life through the mercy of Jesus poured out from you on the cross, you can then start living in obedience to Jesus' commands. And what does he command? He commands to what? To forgive. To bless and not curse. And so when we, we go wrong, when we stop viewing life through God's mercy, through the cross, and there, there's a connection between God's grace and mercy and our obedience in Christian living. You see, our motivation to be obedient springs forth from God's mercy given to us through the cross. And we get it terribly wrong if we try to earn God's mercy by our obedience. We cannot earn God's grace and mercy. His grace and mercy are freely given to us. And it's that grace and that mercy, that love that Jesus says, 
I, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I love you. I forgive you. And you are mine. And it's that which motivates our life of obedience, that we would obey him, living our lives to his glory, to his honor, that our lives would be a very act of worship to him. But it starts with his mercy, viewing life through his mercy, viewing life through the cross. And there's no way we can do this if we're not viewing life through the cross. So living in view of God's mercy then leads to the second point, which is sacrificing myself for God and and for others. Sacrificing. So many people have sacrificed so much for God. And when I look at my life, I'm I'm somewhat ashamed. I, I can't help but think of our missionaries for 120 years. Our church body has been sending missionaries, and many of them have died on the mission field. Some of your, your relatives, some of you sitting here today, you have relatives that are buried in Africa. I mean, they're, they're an example of what it means to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that they would go there as an act of, of devotion to God and a worship in view of God's mercy, in view of the cross, in view of this great salvation for all of humanity. They, they sacrificed everything and went there. I can't imagine living in 115 degree heat with no air conditioning. And that's just a teeny part of it. Pray for our missionaries. And then may we also live as missionaries. May we live as missionaries here. That means that we would also be willing to sacrifice our own comfort for the benefit of sharing the gospel, of bringing the good news of Jesus to others. So lifestyle worship is, number one, living in view of God's mercy. Number two, sacrificing myself for God and others. And then number three, not living like everyone else. Not living like everyone else. You see, the world's values are not our values. The the world's ways are not our ways. Our, Our way is the way of Jesus. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Look at Jesus. Look at his life. Look at his words. Look at how he dealt with struggles in life. Surprise, surprise, we the church are not very good at this. Surprise, surprise, I'm not very good at this. Lay my life next to Jesus' life and I'm a miserable, miserable failure. And if you're honest, you would say the same thing. I'm not like Jesus. I should be living with Jesus being my Lord. But I don't always do it. Uh, We we adopt all all sorts of values and ways that are not aligned with Christ and his word. Let's look to Jesus. And let's seek by his grace and mercy to live our lives with him. 
So living in view of God's uh, mercies, number one, lifestyle worship is living in view of God's mercy, sacrificing myself for God and others, laying aside what's comfortable for me, for the benefit of the glory of God and for the benefit of others, not living like everyone else in this world. We're going to be picking up on this more next week as we look at the gospel lesson assigned for next week, which is about taking up our cross and following Jesus. That's what we'll look at next week. What does it mean for us to pick up our cross and follow Jesus? Then number four, lifestyle worship is aligning my thinking with God's will. The only way my thinking can be aligned with God's will is by receiving the gift of his word into my life. You see, the Bible reveals God's will for my life. In many situations in which I'm stuck or having a difficulty and I'm wondering, what is God's will? In many, not every situation, sometimes it's really difficult. Uh, but in, 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 most, in, in many situations, I, I just need to go to his word. And open his word and, and read his word and pray his word and align my thinking with his word. And, and then when the scripture is silent in, in a certain area that's, that's more difficult, I can still go to his word and I can find some principles. I can find some guidance. In his word I can receive promises too that help me through the really difficult things. Promises of his presence, of his his love, that he is the good shepherd who's going to lead me through this difficult situation. But the only way for number four to be a reality in your life, for aligning my thinking, your thinking with God's will, is to be in his word. Because his word is going to sort out the genuine from the counterfeit. One of my favorite illustrations was given to me by my youth pastor. When I was a teenager in church, my youth pastor is Brad Hoganson. He's now the president of our Hillcrest School. But he, he was my youth pastor, and, and one day he brought in a, uh, I don't know if it was a $100 bill. He was a youth pastor, so he probably didn't have $100 in his pocket. But he, he brought uh, probably a $20 bill or something, and, and he said, how do counterfeit experts... How do they learn how to spot a counterfeit bill? How do they learn to immediately identify if a $20 bill, $50 bill, $100 bill is a counterfeit? Do they study the counterfeit money to uh, figure out what counterfeit, what the counterfeit money looks like? No, he said they study the genuine thing. They study the real $100 bills or the real $50 bills or the genuine $20 bills. They they study every detail. And because they know the genuine thing, because they know what the real $100 bill looks like, when a fake one comes across their desk, they spot it immediately. They spot it immediately. You see, this this is the genuine stuff right here. And when we know His Word, when something false, when counterfeit teachings, when the lies of the devil are presented to us, we are able to spot them immediately because we are grounded in God's Word.
the truth of his word reveals everything else that's counterfeit and false. And this is why we, we offer so many things as we move into fall and think of our Sunday school. All the different programs of Bible studies that are starting. Uh, all of the different opportunities for teaching so that we can ground our congregation in God's Word. So we encourage you uh, to be a part of Sunday school. We have classes for all ages. To be a part of the various things that are happening here at Maple Park. For you to be able to be grounded in God's Word. So important. I'd never say that you must attend Sunday school. You know, if you don't go to Sunday school, then you're not a Christian. But I, I would say that you get to attend it. It's a gift given to you. Take the gift. Open it. And participate. So once again, Romans 12.1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies... As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the Scripture. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then he goes on in verses 3 through 8 to speak of our of our service towards others. That we would use the gifts and the abilities that God has given to us to serve others. So lifestyle worship number five is serving according to your God-given gifts. We use our gifts in service of the body of Christ because God has given us the greatest gift of all. You see, you have been given a gift from God. Each and every one of you are gifted. Guarantee you. You have received a gift from God. An ability from God. And we're to use those spiritual gifts. Those gifts from God to serve. Verse 6 says that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Now that's to, to share God's word, to preach God's word. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraged, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. Oh, we need encouragement. We need encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You have a gift. Use your gifts in view of God's mercy. And we use these gifts in service of the body of Christ because God gave us the greatest gift of all. See, Jesus gave us the greatest gift of all. In view of God's mercy, in view of the cross of Jesus Christ, we serve one another in love. We use these spiritual gifts, these abilities that have been given to us by God to serve one another in love. But before you can serve others in love, you need to, you need to look at yourself. 
And you need to view yourself through the cross. How can I serve others in love if, I have, if, I'm, if I'm not looking at myself through the cross of Jesus? When I look at myself through the cross of Jesus, I'm not condemned. I'm not condemned. I'm loved. Deeply loved. You see, when I look inside, oftentimes I see fa- failure, I see sin. But when I look at myself through the cross, I see that I have been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not only do we look at our world and do we look at others through the lens of the cross, we must look at ourselves through the lens of the cross. So that we know that we are loved so deeply. You see, you have a righteousness that is not your own. Clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Don't see yourself through the eyes of your failure. Don't see yourself through the eyes of your your sin and your mess-ups in life. See yourself through the cross of Jesus Christ. Today you are loved. You are forgiven. And you are clothed in the very righteousness of Jesus. You see, your heavenly Father will not see your sin. He refuses to see your sin. All he sees is the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus. And and when you are free in this reality, you can use that freedom to serve God, for, for your life to be an act of worship before God. If you're not free in the reality of the cross, then you're still in chains. Be free in Jesus. And know that the cross is your freedom. View yourself through the cross and find freedom from guilt and shame. You see, he took your guilt and he made it his own. And today you are forgiven, free, and clothed in him. And it's from that freedom that we serve others in joy. It's from that freedom that we live our lives in worship to him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done through the cross. In view of God's mercy, help us to live our lives in worship to you. We need you, Lord. We can't, but by your Holy Spirit, you can, and you are, and you will. In the midst of whatever mess we're facing in life, we thank you for this. So strengthen us, strengthen this church. Help us to fix our eyes upon you. So in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say,